Wow. It's the Great mm. Debates. Nice tones. Ah. Mm. Stepping into the bath. Uh-huh. Back at it. Guys, we're here to record. Steve Healy here, checking in. Is Dave here? Dave King present. Oh, great. Quorum. Ready to debate. Okay, look, I'm not going to waste any time because no one out there wants us to waste any time. I hate that. Number We're, one cause of letters to Great Debates headquarters. It's too much time. Screwing wasted. around up top. Yeah. So here we go. This is a provable micro. We're going to have four minutes on the clock. Steve Ooh. Healy is going to take the bro. And the topic is there are more trees than people okay, I'm Steve in the Healy. United States. Um, I'm Healy. Healy. Wait for States. the whole topic. Sorry, I got too excited. There are more trees than people in the United, in the States, United the States. I'm taking the pro. I'm just going to start with the space that we are in. Just out my vision right now, I can see probably six trees. And I know there's another eight trees over there. And there's a national forest not far from here at all. And we're in one of the densest urban concentrations in the United States. There are so many trees in this country. The number of trees outshines the number of people by an enormous amount. It's about to be Christmas time when let's just ballpark for every 30 people, there's going to be a tree cut down and put up in a house. And that won't even scratch the surface. You won't even hear about that, like reducing the number of trees in the United States. Just, I just want to close out my opening argument first round by pointing out Alaska. Like how many trees are there in Alaska? And there's probably what, half a million people? Like the, the lopsidedness here is ridiculous. I'm, I feel strange that you stepped into this trap, but go ahead and make the case for people. Well, I mean, look, just from where we're sitting, we, I, I can actually see there's people driving by. There's far more than six people from where we sit. No, there, so, that's not true. There's more trees than people. No, it's a, I'm look, look at how many houses you can see from where we sit. I yeah, mean, but in between them are, are trees. For every person, the tree, there's a tree, and that's here this in is the city. It is a city, but it's also a tree-lined street. And it, simply put, in most place, most of the area, most of the landmass of America, trees simply cannot grow. Like most of the most of America <laughs> is barren, I don't think that's or true. it's farmland where trees aren't growing. Like I think you are underestimating the percentage uh, of America farm is going to have like a hundred trees just as a windbreak, like and, and it will have no people. Like a farm, even a corn farm or something, is going to have more trees than people. Well, that may be true, but I think that's going to be offset by the incredible number of people who live in urban areas. Like, yes, you're right. We're in one of the most densely populated areas. Okay, okay but every but the, forest but, is a but compared to most dense urban area cities, for trees. No, it's not. The, the density of trees in a forest is not nearly as dense as, like, the population of humans in a city. Because yes, you can't have trees on like top of each trees, other. trees, like, right next. Like, Vermont Healy, is a much larger and denser city of trees than any city on Earth. It's not nearly as dense. It's not as dense. I guarantee you that, that Vermont, in terms of tree density, is not nearly nearly as dense as, say, like Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is Look at a satellite video of Vermont. Do you satellite shot of Vermont. All you'll see is trees everywhere. You, you took a satellite shot of Pittsburgh. Imagine the buildings and streets gone. It'll be like person, another person way over here. Per, it, it will not be like okay, give, shoulder to shoulder give me, people. Give me, give me 30 seconds. Give me 30 seconds to talk okay. about this. For people, you're not picturing apartment buildings. People live on top of each other everywhere in this country. And multiple people live on top of each other. That's something that trees can't do. 
for trees. One of the most striking things about overhead photography of trees that I've actually looked at recently is the incredible expanse that each canopy takes up. Like, the, uh, each tree in a forest is actually pretty far apart from each other. Almost like half a block away from each other, if you will, because trees, most trees in America are quite old, or at least like the ones that are in forests. And the reality is that, okay. old, that like small trees die out and only huge trees I would love to have a separate debate about that. Most trees in the U.S. are old. You don't think, I don't that's, think true? that's true? Well, define old. I think there are, uh, who knows how many one-year-old trees are all over the place. You don't even see them. Because all of they're your evidence so far was about, like, Vermont and Alaska. You think okay, that there imagine are one-year-old Hawaii. trees Imagine in... Montana. Imagine a, a lumber. Uh, I bet there's oh, Hawaii all is a great example because it's built on places. volcanic rock, which is difficult for trees to grow. There are huge swaths of the state of Washington that, that were totally cut of their trees last year and are now nothing but new trees that are ready to go for the next harvest i was loving that conversation it felt really, great to be back in really it and etc okay wait well here's what i'd like is first medina i just want to hear you okay. just weigh in on the debate yeah. so itself i made a crucial critical tactical error here process error by looking up the provable before the debate was over. Oh, I think that's okay. Which sort yeah. of like uh, informed the way I listened to the debate a little There's bit. There's different schools on whether that's yeah. a good way to judge or not. Um, so I tried my best. Mm. Here's, I think, what the two sides did effectively. First of all, <clears throat> Healy did a great job of making the idea that there could be more people seemed completely preposterous <laughs> by sort of infecting his debate with some laughter and some <laughs> graciousness that I thought really carried it. Um, and I thought that the Vermont uh, argument was was effective. Thank That's you. pretty good. That but being was, said, yeah. Dave, you know, the people on top of people, you kind of calmed the room down there in a minute. <laughs> it was very good. So I, I almost want to call this one a draw because I respect what both mm. of you guys did. Now, I here's the thing. There's probably about 300 million people in the United States. <laughs> now, before you tell us how many trees there are. Yeah. We, do, Healy, would you like to guess how many trees there are? Because I have no idea. <laughs> it might be a trillion. I don't. Incalculable. <laughs> I bet it's a lot. <laughs> Before this debate, I actually was like, maybe there are more people than trees. Okay. Now I think, <laughs> after hearing you, I'm like, yeah, there's like a billion trees or of something. The, of the people at the table that know the most about trees, it's it's Healy, right? I would think so. I think so. Yeah. His tone really kind of. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait here. <laughs> so according to uh, ThoughtCo, uh, which is the first uh, uh, result that comes up on Google, there are 300 billion oh, trees doctor. in the United States. 300 billion. So, yeah. okay, so, so we, 10 trees for every person. It's 10 trees <laughs> no. per person. Yeah. yeah. No, 1,000. 1,000 trees per person. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even better. Guys. <laughs> okay, sorry. 1,000 trees per person. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Sorry. Right? No. Yes. Wait, no, yeah, no. Three hundred. Yes. yes. yes a thousand right. trees yes, per thousand, person. Sorry. That's a lot of trees. That's per, plenty of per trees. guy. Now, That's crazy. What do we think of that estimate? Do we think it's close? Well, I think it's probably within an order of magnitude right. of the correct answer. Don't you think? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, really I gotta don't. tell you, the, for me, the knockout punch was Christmas. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's so many trees. Those are just like disposable <laughs> trees <laughs> that almost everyone has. Like you would, if there were as many trees as there are people, right? Then what, every Christmas you would have to notice trees missing. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, there'd be like a fight over trees. It would be nasty. Be, it, it would, would be, be the like, knock. The, the leftovers be, for trees. The number of Christmas trees available would be the number of trees naturally occurring in nature. Right. Minus the number of people <laughs> who don't get a Christmas tree. Do you think my estimate of one Christmas tree for every 30 people is about right? I thought that was a little... I I think there are... I would say it's more like one in five or ten. Wow. Mm. Okay. I, doesn't like every family get a Christmas tree? Every for Christian family, but there's a lot of whatever, you know. Oh, and then also, there's a lot of you know, ten people to a tree families. Mm-hmm. There's right. also some like three to a fam, three to a tree. There's also like offices that get like three trees. Offices, and there's also that's what I thought about. Yeah, you know, the library often has a tree. But also, that's for five hundred people. Yeah, that's true. There's Christian families who don't get a tree, and there's non-Christian families who do get a tree. That's true. That is true. Are you going to have a tree? Oh, uh, mandatory, yeah. Can't wait to get our tree. Really? Yeah. I used to be a wait and wait and tree guy, kind of like a December 12th, 13, 14 guy. Wow. Because I thought, you know, like I'm not ready to get into it yet. I want the tree to be fresh. Uh, You know, I want to finish with my post-Thanksgiving business before I get on to Christmas. But now we're just December 1st people. Hmm. Now, December 26th and thereafter, there's uh, a lot of just free... I think this are is worth talking Scott, about. Are yeah. we by the way? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so we are. There's a lot of discarded trees. Should sure. we be gathering those and putting them to work? Yeah. Or something. Fuel of some kind. Something. I don't Here's know. Here's what I want to know. When should your tree go out? By New Year's, right? But, or do you keep it through New Year's? Is you, it... What do you is, mean Should go it go out? on before... Out, get it out of your house. Oh, when do you throw okay. it away? Do you get it out before New Year's, or is it kind of cool to have it on New Year's for um, some weird reason? I don't know. I feel like on New Year's, it's a t- I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it makes your house a little more festive, right? Uh-huh, yeah. But then it's like, think of the January 2nd. Like, ugh, ugh, now we got to The slog. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Right. That's rough. New Year's is sort of a soft landing for Christmas. Mm-hmm, I feel like it's kind of well designed mm-hmm, that way. Mm-hmm. And you could maybe ease that landing by getting rid of your Christmas tree before New Year's. Mm-hmm. So you still have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And you got your Christmas out of your house. Mm-hmm. So J- January 2nd, you wake up, or January 1st, you wake up, it's fine. You're, you're good. New Year's Day, new decor. I think, maybe. What do you season? Some real do, are you a Christmas tree guy? No, no, never have been. These are some real goyish questions. <laughs> I never had to think about this. Well, time. wouldn't it be cool to like take questions like that to a panel of Jewish experts, the Talmudic type people, to really have them? Because there might be too many mm. emotions attached to it. Oh, I mm-hmm. think it'd be very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think they would love it. Let's. <laughs> I think if you went down to the Lubavitchers with the, some questions about what to do about Christmas trees. are you joking or serious because i think they would love it they might i guess they might i don't really know i mean you don't think a bunch of like scholarly jewish rabbinical kind of people would enjoy arguing about when you should get rid of your christmas tree just as an exercise maybe but i think they would especially if there's some actual text to analyze Mm, about like that could be interpreted in different ways no text what about like a imam maybe they'd love it 
Should we ask like a well, Quranic scholar? Look, let's put it out there. <laughs> To yes. our listeners, yes. thank you. Some yes. of them are hopefully we have tons of imams who listen to this. So, so. many Talmudic scholars. <laughs> so if you are a, a a person of the cloth, yeah, of oh, any a, kind. A, a Buddhist yeah. monk, mm-hmm. anything like that. Now they would probably tell you just get rid of that tree. Never, don't ever bring the tree in. No tree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, we don't know. I don't know what they'd say, but I'd love to. I'd love to know. Would love to get that. And you don't have to be a scholar. You can be an amateur. Right practitioner anything and really if anyone wants to make any statement about what (laughs) someone else's religion should do i i think we should welcome those (laughs) so if people if there are christian people out there who want to tell jewish people how to make latkes or what the best type of dreidel is all of that stuff here's what we should have an interior decorator Okay. A Quranic scholar and a rabbinical, like mm-hmm. uh, Ludovicer kind of guy, mm-hmm. and they handle. They start with Christmas. Any kind of question about this kind of stuff, we bring it to them. Is it? This is what a business idea, or uh, just? Uh, I think it's an <laughs> unpopular podcast idea. <laughs> hey, we've already got one of those. <laughs> Speaking of, should we do more debates? Yeah. Why okay. don't we get yeah. back into the swing of things here with a topic? That, by the way, that was Dave's top, and I thought it was great. Congrats, Dave. Great top. Yeah, really Thanks. nice. Um, All right. Let's do one of Steve's. Sure. Mm. Uh, this is a Steve Brigham. And um, Steve, are you ready? Uh-huh. Okay, the topic is Bernie would be a good stepdad. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. We're talking Bernie Sanders. This guy has great stepdad energy. He likes playing basketball. He's a little ruffled. He has kind of kooky political ideas, but he's kind of winning. You like having him around. He appeals to young people. That's my case, basically. This guy has all the qualities you want in a good stepdad, plus he's... This is what you want. What do you want from a stepdad? You don't need like the traditional dad role. Hopefully that's accomplished by your dad, but you sort of need this interesting, weird male character in your life who has something to offer, who's not going to be difficult to deal with, who is uh, bringing something cool to the table and fun, and you can tell stories about him, and that's exactly what Bernie is. He's the, the perfect stepdad. Okay, first of In fact, all, I think that's why he's so popular, especially among the Zoomer millennial generations who are used to having stepdads, and they they, they see the president as essentially a national stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, shame on you for calling his political ideas kooky. I can't let that pass. I I'm sorry, they're, but they're, they're out buying. of the mainstream. He's the oh, only socialist senator. Kooky. He's the only one. He's, he's just not, a, not so, in he's the mainstream. He's a Democratic socialist, and that doesn't mean that his ideas are kooky. And I think that you're playing into, like, just by saying that they're outside of the mainstream, you're playing into the mainstream idea that what he stands for is, like, too crazy to be possible. Okay, but I'm so, also accepting the reality that he's the only national-level socialist there is, period. Okay. Um, regardless... <laughs> He's too old, and he's running for president. He's too busy. You don't want a stepdad who's doing nothing but touring you know the country. No, it's not at all. I mean, do, do we want to set an age for Do you want stepdad like, breathing down your neck all the time, or you want him in Colorado and Iowa? I, I want think we're trying to, to still respect opening statements. Fair. I thought so. But I do think, like, think about yourself at different, like, well... I guess I am curious if we're if we're talking about like a stepdad to one of us or a stepdad to a child or, or are we just saying in general? I think in general. Okay, in general. <laughs> judge rules in general. <laughs> I, 
guiding Let's us. say that we're out of the crucial developmental years. Okay. Well, he's... How old is he? 78? Let's say 12 to... 12 above. Can we talk Great. about that? Great. He'd be a good step down to 12 and above. Well, I think that's in your favor. Okay, well, how how would you like to put it? No, that's fine. 12 and above, whatever. You want to make it 8 and above? Well, I guess, like, there's a big difference because, like, this is interesting. Just to, like, stop. Sure. Press pause for a second. It's interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) As always, anyone can invoke (laughs) clock stoppage whenever they want. It's interesting to think about the differences that we look for in a stepdad when we're, let's say, our age, uh-huh. or in your late 30s, mm-hmm. early 40s, versus when you're even 18 or 24, versus when you're a real child, 4 to 10 or whatever. So traveling the country running for president isn't a real detriment to being a stepdad of like a grown person, but it yeah. is to being a much younger person. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. I guess that was pretty obvious and probably didn't, <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't warn stopping it. the clock. Not also, at all. let's imagine like all. you're judging Bernie on now he's not a stepdad, or maybe he is, I don't even know. But he's at the moment he's you know, if if he suddenly tomorrow had a six year old stepson, mm-hmm. presumably he would adjust his campaign schedule somewhat accordingly to be there for that child. Maybe the kid would be on the road with him. Okay. Something like maybe. that. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe he would be a good enough stepdad to be like, I'm going to be busy on the road until whenever. However, I, my buddies are going to check in on you, son, and you'll, there'll be some some positive male influences to take you to a ball game and so on. And th- I'll take care of that as part of my stepdad duties. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so time back in. Yeah, time first, back in. Unpause. Yeah. He's too old. He's I think he's 78. Is that right? Uh-huh, yeah. That's just like too old for a stepdad to be, like how much longer is he going to be around? Maybe 12, 15 years. But like ideally you want a stepdad who you can really share your life with for much longer, who can see your grandkids. If we're talking about a 12-year-old kid, being like having a 66-year age gap there is really substantial and can make fatherhood very difficult and can lead a child to like lack certain, you know, if, if he's the only male figure in his life, might lead to some developmental problems for him. I don't know him or her. I don't know. Uh, okay, the see, reason, there's some po- there's something to that, but also, I can I f- close my opening statement with sure. my main reason that I think he's a bad stepdad. Yeah. <clears throat> for some reason, people strong people like yourself strongly dislike Bernie Sanders and are for some reason prone to slandering him and for some reason have an incredible bias against him. And if you are his stepson or daughter, you're going to draw incredible unwarranted negative attention from people who say things like your father has kooky political ideas and it's going to be a distraction that is unwanted in your life. Okay, I really have to correct this immediately. I, I like Bernie Sanders a lot and in fact i think bernie sanders is very well liked even by his ideological adversaries i think among the democratic nominees if you took a poll of like pat buchanan you know ann coulter whoever i think they would all respect bernie they respect his authenticity they respect what he's doing and also because he's fairly harmless they haven't worked themselves up into like a hate-filled agita the way they have i'm not talking about people like ann coulter and pat buchanan i'm talking about like i think i think i I haven't looked at poll numbers but i bet almost every Everyone in the United States respects Bernie Sanders or has some kind of affection towards him, even if they 
uh, or a Wall Street guy who doesn't want him to become president. I think even those people will say, like, crazy Bernie, he's got crazy ideas, it would never work. But hey, you got to respect that he's out there doing it. I think that's I what think you hear the from the Wall Street elite, who the I, second I check part. in with all the time. Also, you said <clears throat> something about how, like, he likes to play basketball. I don't think that's really true. Like, he recently shot three baskets on an eight-foot hoop on video. Yeah. It seemed very staged. I don't think he actually is, like, I, that's out not there been the shooting first Bernie hoops. shooting hoops vid I've seen. That's part of his public persona. I don't think Whether he's that's totally near, fraudulent, fine, but, you know, whatever. That's the, It might be fraudulent in your stepdad. I he think, might not want to shoot hoops with you, but there he is doing it. That I counts. would submit that the average stepdad up for grabs in America is far more athletic and active in general than Bernie Sanders We're not looking is. for them. The last thing you want is a stepdad who's super aggro and like showing you his skills. You, you want to kind of shoot around, play mm-hmm. around, fun, casual stepdad when it comes to athletics. That's not what he is. He shot three hoops and then was like, oh, I'm done. Yeah, That's enough. Sure, That's not what from a shoot around is. You're not going to be disappointed that this this guy would come out, shoot a couple hoops with you, go back inside. He's not going to like insist on dunking on you, showing you his Let dominance because he's an aggro. Kind of. Bernie Sanders doesn't have children, does he? I believe he does, actually. I don't know. Can we, we look that up in the meantime? I feel like this is relevant information that we should know. I'm pretty sure he's got some kids, actually. He, he may even be a stepdad for all I know. Look, I'm going to conclude my case by saying I think Dave's case is based on uh, falsehood and simplistic understandings, and my case is based very strongly on the public impression of Bernie Sanders. I want to make clear, I don't know why Dave chose to say that I don't like Bernie Sanders. I think he's great. I love the guy. I think he'd be a great stepdad. I think he brings a lot to the American political debate. I guess it was called like uh, called his views kooky, but I think it's objectively true that they're not very um, accepted in the mainstream of American politics. Maybe that will change in the next election. Maybe it is changing. I think it's brave of him to advocate for what he believes, even if it's not going to necessarily achieve political success. Just another quality that makes him a great stepdad. I'm going to, my closing statement, I'm going to introduce new information because I've been accused in the past of just repeating my argument. I'd like to examine Bernie Sanders' temperament as a human being to the extent that we have been able to witness it as like on the campaign trail and in his last, whatever, 40 years in public office. I don't think he's a particularly affable or avuncular person. I don't think he's well suited to the role of stepdad. I think that he is, there's a reason that the typical impression of Bernie Sanders is a curmudgeon, is a little grumpy, is a little, you know, sort of like um, not, he doesn't seem to have a very good sense of humor. He doesn't like make jokes. He doesn't have, he doesn't laugh. Uh, all now, these qualities don't at all um, discredit him as a politician. Although I think they made some extent, I think he would be more successful if he had more of an avuncular quality to him. But I think that the fact that he is like pretty strident, he's like particularly sort of data driven and kind of. I don't know. He doesn't joke around. He doesn't like, he doesn't look, he doesn't have a good time. That's what you want with the stepdad. You want to be able to like have fun with him. And Bernie Sanders, like, I don't know who we're comparing him to, whether it's the other (laughs) or other possible stepdads. But I think he's like, there is a reason that people describe him as a grumpy old man. And I love him, but I don't think he'd be a great stepdad. Mm. pretty good closing statement <laughs> i think i have to go with davis on this wow mm. man i would love to have bernie sanders as a step oh, of course I mean, yeah would you rather have bernie or biden 
Oh, Are you Bernie a hundred times over. Wow, nobody's interested in Biden stuff. Biden. He wow. seems like a nice uncle to have. Wow. I think he's like I have no interest in spending any time with Joe Biden. Wow. I don't mm-hmm. what what am I gonna get? I, don't know. Out I think that? that'd be I think that's what you're describing. That would be fun. What? You know, you'd joke around, go to the mm-hmm. bar, mm-hmm. have a cookout, mm-hmm. you know, do something. Oh, you'd laugh if yes, Joe Biden the, were your step. I guess like if we're right. I mean the truth is that, like, I would care politically speaking who my stepdad oh, was. Okay. So I want <laughs> it'd be really hard to stomach the idea of Joe Biden being my stepdad, just because his politics are slightly more centrist than Bernie's. I don't think you they're could... slightly more centrist. <laughs> That's understandable. Does Joe Biden even have politics except like being an agreeable mm, great guy question. and senator from Credit Card State of Delaware? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I mean, you'd have you'd be hearing stories about porn pop. That's what it would be like to be Joe Biden's stepson. Would get tiresome, yeah. yeah. But it'd be fun the once, yeah. The once, yeah. The, the one <laughs> time not, for every story. That's not how the, the stepson stepdad relationship. It would be fun works. to go to work on Monday and be like, "You gotta, I gotta tell you this story." My stepdad told me about this guy named Corn Pop. That would be fun, <laughs> right? I don't know. Whereas Bernie, you'd go in and be like, "Oh man, I spent the weekend with my stepdad. He really made me think about how the." <laughs> Global wealth is being accumulated mm, by a smaller and smaller minority. Holiday yeah. well, anyway, thing. Yeah. Well, he'd make you a better person in the long yeah, run. Yeah, okay, well. Hmm. How much do you believe your this idea that America's look like millennials are looking for uh, a step tag? Um, I was inventing it as I went along, but it yeah. sounds it feels well, about right. I yeah. saw an interesting tweet today, actually, this uh, you reminded me of, which okay. is that Bernie is the Bernie is what millennials want boomers to be. I saw this as well. And mm-hmm. that Buttigieg is what boomers want millennials to be. Yeah. Like that he's the ideal millennial and boom, and Bernie is the ideal boomer to millennial. <laughs> yeah. I, Did I you think that was true? I, I, it's a little weird to be like, who's the, what was boomers ideal? Like, you know, that's, that's where it lost me. I, I think boomers, like the problem with them is they don't even think about what the next generation should be like, like even coming up with somebody wow. like Pete Buttigieg is like too good for them. Wow. Savage. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, but you're really down on boomers. They I are, they it. are not putting up a great track no, record. They're no. garbage. It's going badly. Wow. It is. Is it? Yeah, it is. I don't know. I mean, their no their cared. main guy is Donald Trump. Their mm-hmm. second main guy is Bill Clinton, right? Mm-hmm. Who's their third main guy? Mm-hmm. Biden, probably. And what have they accomplished in their uh, span of running the country from 1968, <laughs> let's say, till uh, present? Mm-hmm. It has not been a great time. Global warming. Yeah. They had some cool tunes, but even that, I think they pat themselves <laughs> on the back cool too much. Tunes. It was yeah. g- good for music. And the great movies, that's not the boomers. That's like a pre in between generation of like Scorsese and those guys. Oh, but he's a boomer. Okay, mm. isn't he a little bit older than that? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Okay, but yeah, even yeah, that, you know, fair. I think every boomer accomplishment, they give themselves, they throw themselves so many celebrations about it that it's almost like you don't even want to give it to them. <laughs> they do? Yes. Yeah, they love themselves. Okay. Everything is either a boomer product or a celebration of boomer product. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I love my parents. They're great. Boomers. Yeah, sure. Models me too. Things. Yeah. I don't mean to say they're all <clears> a bunch of bad apples, but. As a generation. But everybody wants to give Clinton a pass. I mean... The boomers, <laughs> and it was, it's bad. The reevaluation of that guy is scathing. Yeah. Oops. 
Well, guys, I think on that note, we should uh, take it out before we insult our parents anymore. Hey, we're kind of back. Let's end on something positive. Yeah. Here we are. You're out there enjoying the debates, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Wrapping up here. We've got a fun one coming up in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. We've surprise. got good content. Coming yeah, good content fun. is on the way. Um, and with that, we'll see you next week on The Great Debate. Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.